Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second Q&A episode. Yippee! I'm excited. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be going again through some email and questions and such that we have gotten from you lovely listeners. Please continue to write us. It makes us very happy. Yes, very happy. (laughs) And we have, like, a really good variety today, I I feel like. Um, So I'm going to kick it off with the first one. This one says, Hi, ladies. I was wondering if you could give me some skills to deal with anger and irritability. Whenever I get overwhelmed with something, I get really angry and will start yelling at my poor kitties for just being themselves, though at the moment I think they are being annoying. I will also get irritated at my husband, who has the patience of a saint with me. Are there any skills that I can learn to deal with this? Thanks. Well, uh, absolutely. <laughs> we so, can give you some skills. a couple of different things. The first one is just to reference stuff that we have already put out, um, is mindfulness, 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 right? So mm-hmm. mindfulness of emotions is a really lovely skill and or task, depending on how you want to think about it. Um, Because what it does is by taking you from the place of just being in the emotion to taking you to a place of being someone who is observing your emotional state, it helps get you unmired from the emotion to an extent. It gives you a little bit of distance and that can really help already to soothe you from the overwhelmed place. Um, The other thing that I would say about it is maybe it'll, maybe you're not just feeling anger and irritability, right? In the overwhelm, maybe there are other feelings. And by being able to parse out what you're really feeling, what the actual mix of feelings um, are, uh, is, are, anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that'll that'll also help you know what to actually attend to, right? Sometimes we're angry or irritable because we, we aren't looking at those more tender, as Michelle likes to put it, emotions of fear or hurt. Um, and then lastly, um, I'm big on this. I think anger gets a bad rap. Um, it maybe, really does. Yeah. Maybe you're angry because there's a reason to be angry. Uh, so I don't know, uh, listener, maybe not, but do at least be open to the idea that maybe the anger is legitimate, is mm-hmm. reasonable, is rational, is, is okay, is good. Um, and maybe it's just being displaced. So if you're able, you know, in that mindful space while you're observing your emotions and you do notice that that anger and you do notice that, yep, no, actually that makes sense that I'm angry, you might be able to address the situation directly that's making you angry, which um, ought to reduce the sort of spillover anger uh, towards, you know, your kittens and your husband, assuming they are not the thing that is pissing you off. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was actually just thinking about it too, because it's mentioned here that your husband has the patience of a saint. <laughs> go husband, sometimes, Yeah, go husband. <laughs> and also I think something that can come up for us sometimes is that if we have close contact with somebody who is very emotionally regulated, I suppose is how you could put it. They're mm. really calm all the time. What gets you irritated doesn't even seem to phase them. 
it can be really easy to get into this place of like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not responding the way uh, that they're uh-huh. responding? Why can't I be as calm as them? And I don't know. We're all different. Like, I think I, I really like what Kate was just talking about because when you're just tuning into your own experience, then it can maybe cut back on any comparing that might be going on or any shame that that could be bringing up of like, you know, I don't know if this is there or not, but if there is any of that for you of like, why can't I just be as patient as he is? (laughs) You know, maybe that'll help scale it back a little bit if you just tune in more to your own emotional experience. I recognize that people are different and it doesn't mean different isn't always better and or it's because they've had different experiences. Right. It's not that he's right and you're wrong. You know, it's just that you guys are your own unique people responding to the situation the way you can. The other thing that could be really helpful here in terms of managing anger and irritability is like Kate was mentioning, when you're able to tune in and maybe practice some mindfulness around that, it's, it can be really helpful to see what may be underlying that. Um, I don't know about you all out there, but the times when I get most angry are when I'm actually hangry. (laughs) That's when I'm starting to just, yeah, feel that irritability come on for myself. It's because I've gone too long without eating or I didn't get much sleep the night before or things like that. And we're going to be diving into this a little more shortly. Um, in an upcoming episode. In an upcoming episode. But we want to give you a teaser now of just reminding you that that's something to just pay attention to. Again, without judgment of yourself, but just noticing, oh, am I getting angrier during these times when my physical body is not as taken care of as perhaps it could be? Am I getting angry when I am a little more vulnerable because I haven't slept well or because I'm hungry or whatever the situation Mm -hmm. may be. Just checking in to see if those are factors because those things can really influence anger and irritability specifically. Well, and also just, I think the writer mentioned overwhelm. Yeah. Right, being overwhelmed. And I, that's, I I love what you're saying, Michelle, because I think that general, like we're much more vulnerable, much more vulnerable. It's a tongue twister. (laughs) To being overwhelmed by whatever is going on in life um, when we're not practicing those sort of basic self-care things. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they're really important for regulating our emotions and we'll be talking about that more soon. So make sure you definitely tune into that episode. The title of it's going to be Please. I'll give you a teaser there when we get to that in a few weeks. DBTN, it's acronyms. That's, I think, going to be actually like the first acronym (gasps) we dive into. It's Please. Oh, and it's the worst. (laughs) They really stretch it. It is. It's my least favorite. But it's a great skill (laughs) to pay attention to and to notice. It is. Yeah. All right. So next one is actually just an excerpt um, from an email that we got, but I thought it had a really great idea in it. So it says, I made myself a picture off of the Pick Stitch app of four Hollywood type characters that I know of that in certain movies or shows have shown me examples of using their emotional mind, their rational mind, or their wise minds in making their decisions. So I put them all together on a picture and wrote in all four squares, use your wise mind. And I will be putting that on my iPhone lock screen because, you know, uh, like many people, I look at my phone on a daily basis. And I think that looking at that message and seeing those people and their expressions in the pictures will every day give me sort of a mental note on how I could be in my daily life and in many situations. Um, so mostly I just thought, that is a fucking cool idea. I know. That's a great <laughs> idea. I especially like it because this person picked uh, character 
characters that resonated for them and clearly mm-hmm. to them represented, you know, wise uh, mind, rational mind, or um, emotional mind. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just a creative way of that someone came up with for reminding them to be in their wise mind. So, yeah. um, please, if you guys are coming up with creative stuff like this, please share with us. We, we want to hear really it. really want to hear it. Um, and, you know, we will share it so more people can benefit. So thank you so much, listener. I love that idea. Yep. I did too, because I think visual reminders are very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so having that, especially when you can put something into your phone, save it as a picture in your phone or put mm-hmm. it as your background. Yeah, we're going to see that all throughout the day. So that was a great idea. So I'm going to read the last one here. And before I read this last one, you know, I think we mentioned this in our very first Q&A episode that depending on the lengths of emails, we may, you know, skim them down for brevity or to protect confidentiality. So in this next email that I'm going to read, we're not reading it word for word exactly how it was written, but we did just highlight the main parts that we thought were really important. So... This is a summary, but hopefully it'll give everyone listening an idea of what this person is struggling with before we give our feedback. So the email says, greetings. I just started therapy recently and was exposed to DPT and then found your podcast. I'm struggling with a particular issue and I do not know which skills I need to focus on to help me through it. To start, my partner and I, when we met, were part of a triad. We eventually closed and became a very good partnership the best I've had the chance to experience. Over the last several years, I've started developing severe body dysmorphia, which turned towards gender dysmorphia. While I spoke with my partner regarding this and she did try to support me in helping navigate my feelings, in the end, I ended up taking unilateral action and began a transition. Two events happened almost simultaneously. I experienced physical rejection and almost revulsion from my partner at the beginnings of physical changes to my body and she expressed an interest in engaging in a physical relationship with a friend of hers. Under the guidance of my physician, I immediately stopped HRT, which stands for Hormone Replacement Therapy. I also notified my partner that I was doing this. I've been experiencing feelings of fear, jealousy, and betrayal compounded by my building self-loathing and have been projecting past relationship trauma onto my partner. She has been extremely trustworthy in all aspects of our relationship. She has gone out of her way to reassure me that this is strictly physical, that breakers are in place, and agreements in place to guard against emotional connection. I cannot help but start projecting my fears of loss of partnership and betrayal onto the situation and onto her. I've been trying to keep this very much in check. However, I know that I have been leaning hard on her and causing emotional fatigue on her part as well. I cannot shake triggers which elicit anxiety, panic, and fear nor can I shake fears that she resents and continues out of spite. Again, I do not believe any of this is accurate, but I also believe my fears are irrational and yet uncontrollable. How can I get help? Can DBT help me? So a couple of things initially stand out to me in reading this email. I think the first is, you know, good on you for starting therapy. Yay! We love it! Um, Because, you know, you mentioned at certain points that you can see how maybe some of this for you is tied up in past relationship trauma and starting to work with a therapist and having them guide you in how to unpack all of that and Mm -hmm. process those past hurts and how those things from your past could be affecting your present that is so so important so we we really wanted to acknowledge and all that. the gender stuff and having to yeah. you know work your way down that path 
Um, and, you know, make sure you're, you have someone who is unequivocally supporting you in whatever you need to be and whatever you need to do in that regard. So I'm really glad, listener, that you're getting that support. Yeah, totally. And because you mentioned that you're getting that support, we really want to hone in on, as we answer your question and address the situation that you're going through, we, we really wanted to hone in on what you mentioned pretty much towards the end of the email of that you're having feelings of anxiety panic and fear. We really wanted to dive into what how we think DBT could be helpful in that and some things that you can just notice for yourself that may help you in you know managing that, not shutting it up, not telling it to go away, but how to just maybe feel like it's not overwhelming you perhaps to the degree that it could be now. And I don't know, the first thing that I thought about in regards to those emotions that is something that I encourage you to just look at and think about is what's your self-talk really Mm -hmm. like when you are feeling a lot of anxiety or a lot of fear about what's going on with your partner and this physical relationship that she's begun you know what are you saying to yourself are you saying things like well I know that I'm not supposed to be feeling this way like (laughs) I know that it's all fine I don't know why I'm feeling so afraid she's reassured me over and over again something's just obviously wrong with me that I can't trust her you know because if that's the self-talk that you're having that's not gonna I don't know it's more or less you're kicking yourself when you're down (laughs) yeah you are and it's it's like adding shame to the anxiety the panic and the fear and that's the last thing that we want to do and so instead I mean if that is your self-talk who's to say right but if that is the self-talk like I don't know I just wonder how it would be different if you started instead of getting on yourself for having those emotions in the first place if you were just a little more like yep I'm seeing that I feel afraid (laughs) and going back a little bit to that describe skill of mindfulness observe and describe yeah just noticing what the emotion is and then being very non-judgmental around it of just like okay I am feeling blank and just leaving it there without trying to immediately tell it to get out of here (laughs) yeah judging it not trying not to judge it for it's right like um, I don't know how to put it emotions aren't in and of themselves good or bad Right. They they just are. They're signals, they're messages, right? And and so I don't know, bullying yourself when you're already feeling bad isn't going to help, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it as almost two separate people, if someone is experiencing fear and anxiety and panic and then you tell them, Well, you shouldn't be feeling that way, it's irrational, you have no reason to feel this way, you know, some of the stuff that you were saying in your email, uh, to us, uh, listener. Uh right, that's if you think about it again as two people someone being, you know, feeling those things and then being told that it's just going to feel worse. Yeah. And then, then they're going to probably up that negative self-talk and it creates this real cycle where I can imagine the feelings really do feel uncontrollable. Yeah. Um, so to sort of build off of what Michelle was saying, um, after you work on, you know, that observe, describe, non-judgmental mindfulness, um, part with those emotions, my question is, what then can you do to be kind to yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, how how would you soothe yourself? Like, let's just imagine that all of those feelings <laughs> that that you 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 accepted them, right? That you you've gotten to the point where you're not judging them, you don't think they're bad, you're not telling yourself you shouldn't be feeling that way. You're just recognizing, I'm feeling betrayed, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling panicky. How can you soothe yourself? How can you be kind? For me, mm-hmm. it might look something like. 
making myself a cup of tea, getting in a bath and reading a book, right? That's a way that I can help uh, comfort myself, be kind to myself. I, I realize I'm touching my chest right now, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I like touching that my soothing heart. Touch yeah, that soothing kind of touch thing. kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm, I'm, fe- I, you know, trying to imagining for you, uh, listener, is how can you, how can you be kind? Because I think you'll find that those emotions are much more, and I want to put this in big air quotes because I'm not sure I like the word, but controllable. Um, right? They're much more manageable, much more easily regulated mm-hmm. <laughs> through self-kindness rather than self-judgment. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Because it is, I mean, as you were talking about it, that idea of, you know, if it was another person. Yep. Exactly. If, if we embody the emotion and imagine it as you walking into a room and finding a person who's feeling that fear, anxiety, panic, um, <laughs> I don't know, that person needs a hug. Exactly. More than that person needs to be told, what's the matter with you? And so whatever actions you can take to give yourself that sort of a hug. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, maybe not a literal hug, but like. Or a little hug if you want. Or a literal hug. I mean, I do recommend (laughs) that sometimes to people. Um, But whatever it is that you can do to bring a sense of compassion and calm to yourself, accepting that the emotion is going to be there for as long as it's going to be there for um, and the more you fight it, the longer it's likely to stay. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think that was it for the emails this mm-hmm. time. So again, thank you so much. Uh, we really love reading your emails, getting your feedback, hearing your ideas and suggestions and questions. So please keep it up. Um, as a small reminder, our email address is dbtandmepodcast at gmail.com. So keep writing in. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Bye. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.